Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. All right. Good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen uh, here on this Friday, August the 26th. If you missed the first hour, you can always get it later at MyFaithRadio.com on the Faith Radio app. You should already be subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You know, tell your podcast host that, you know, you want to subscribe to Mornings with Carmen and then it'll be available anytime. So I'm going to lead off with the Friday Farm Report because I don't see any time uh, in the course of the next hour that we're going to work this in because we have so much planned, which is exciting. But, you know, I don't want to miss the Friday Farm Report because then you'll harass me about it and be like, where was that? So here we go. Uh, I have four things on my Friday Farm Report. First of all, we have a bumper crop of cherry tomatoes and they are delicious. Mm -hmm. So um, blistered cherry tomatoes. Uh, with a little olive oil, salt and pepper in the oven, um, make a really tasty, delicious add-in to a number of things. I've been doing that. Um, You know, obviously just a handful of them alongside anything for lunch are super tasty as well. Um, But if you got cherry tomato ideas, I am open to hearing them. You can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. If you have a bumper crop of cherry tomatoes, um, you you got thoughts, you got plans for those? Tell me what those are. Uh, And then um, second here on the Friday Farm Report, we officially have two, too many, so two T-W-O, two T-O-O, two too many roosters. So in the crop of chicks that uh, we got in the spring who have now fully matured or almost fully matured, I mean, they're not laying eggs yet, but the roosters are crowing. Uh, So you certainly know who the roosters are by now. Um, There are two too many of them, which is to say there are three. And so the conversation has begun because you really only need one rooster. Um, But, you know, they're all now loved and beloved. And so what do you do with the other two? Mm -hmm. So any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm open as well. Again, you can text me 877-933-2484. What do I do with my two too many roosters? Does somebody out there need a rooster? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, third thing on my uh, Friday Farm Report, this is the time of year when Jim is getting ready to head out for his annual elk hunt in Colorado. And so he and his buddies have been, um, you know, fine-tuning their uh, their bow. I don't know. What do you call that? Their accuracy? Their bow accuracy and distance. Um, so that's going on. Um, and, you know, my my bedroom is covered up with camouflage, various and sundry things as he's deciding what to pack and what not to pack and how to pack what he is packing. And, you know, why does this smell so funny? There's a lot of that. <clears throat> Did mice get into this over the year? Yeah. So there you go. Jim's getting ready um, for that. And we are actively preparing our home um, to welcome another family. 
So we are in the Uniting for Ukraine process with the U.S. federal government to bring a family from Odessa, Ukraine, to live with us for as long as is necessary. So be praying for us as we um, are engaged in that process and preparing our home um, for them and preparing to share our life with them. So any uh, input and feedback and encouragement on that you want to offer, um, open to that as well. Again, you can text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Leading off this morning, um, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. We're going to talk about a couple of movie reviews, but I'm going to spend some time with Adam talking about a wave of of people in the pop and entertainment industry who are taking a, quote, mental health break. When was the last time you took a mental health break? And do you need one? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. is back from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Hey, let's do some quick reviews today and then direct people to PluggedIn.com for um, the full read-in. Tell me about Samaritan. Uh, Samaritan sounds like a Christian movie. It's not. (laughs) It's Sylvester Stallone playing an aging superhero in hiding. People Mm. think that he was killed in a battle with his evil brother, 25 years before and of course everything has broken down since then but there is an intrepid investigative 11 year old boy named sam who figures out his secret and coaxes him back into the crime fighting game now this is a pg-13 movie it's streaming on amazon prime video and it's kind of a clever concept um it kind of works and kind of doesn't um the movie's just okay but it, it's pretty dark. It has that sort of dark Batman, you know, recent Batman movie vibe. Um, and there's quite a bit of profanity, too. So feels like a missed opportunity. All right. And then Disney Plus has something called Hamster and Gretel, which sounds like a play yes. on something. It, well, you know, I think I've heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a play on two things. It's a play on, obviously, Hansel and Gretel. But it's also a play on Phineas and Ferb because it's created by the same people who did Phineas and Ferb. And it's about a young girl and her hamster who receive superpowers from aliens and uh, battle evil together. So hmm. uh, it's pretty pretty delightful and at least thus far hasn't included a bunch of woke political stuff. So fingers crossed. So I went to a um, women's event at my church last night. And um, uh, we did these like, you know, little questions that were scattered around and, you know, you you picked them up and you asked each other to get to know each other a little bit better. And uh, several of them had to do with um, superpowers. So this must be a thing. Like, right. We are thinking a lot about this. We are apparently wishing we had superpowers. We are imagining what we would do if we possessed a superpower. So I'll just ask you, Adam Holtz, if you had a superpower, what would it be and for what would you use it? Oh, it's the first question is easier than the second one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think bang for the buck, flying is hard to beat. Right? Mm. Mm. Me, I am uh, two places at one time. Oh, well, that would be nice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I would fly my children to school, like one by oh. one, and just wow. you know drop them on the roof of the school like a helicopter. <laughs> I think. Wow. I think they'd think that was great. Huh. All right. Except I would have. Super strength too, I so. would. I would be able to go to all of like the. The things that I want to go to and still be at home and do all the things that I want to accomplish here. Like, right. That's that's uh, that's my right. want to be two places at one time. Yeah, I know. Well, and, and in all honesty, it's a fun question, but it's one that I think theologically there's something to it, because what it does is it forces us to confront limitations like mm-hmm. superpowers are almost all overcoming some natural limitation and yet God has made us the way he has made us because we're not him. So we can ponder that. Well, and this whole notion that all of them are ways in which we want to be like God. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Less, less like us, more like God. Okay. Right. Let's, uh, let's talk about um, there are a number of articles up, and, and you've got one at PluggedIn.com as well, um, about— Celebrities, pop and entertainment um, celebrities taking, quote, mental health breaks. Talk with us about what's going on and the need for this for each and every one of us. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of celebrities. Um, Tom Holland uh, is on that list. Uh, Jonah Hill recently said he's taking a break from all publicity for a couple upcoming movies, including a documentary on mental health that he did. Um, And these stars are just saying... Um, yeah, I, I need to take a break because the pressure is too much. Uh, I'm of two minds on this. And in fact, one of the articles says, you know, is this a healthy thing? Are these people just lazy? Now, the article doesn't really answer that question. It's a little bit of a red herring title. Um, but I think it's a a question worth answering or at least grappling with at what point does the amount of work that we have to do become too much. And in most of these cases, these stars are taking a break from social media. And so there's a subset here uh, of what we're talking about because like in Tom Holland's case, he's got 67 million Instagram followers, you know? Mm. Um, And I can imagine that the pressure of communicating with reading keeping up with that, it's totally unsustainable. So I think on one level, that's super healthy. And I think on the other side of things, we need a theology that helps us understand the purpose and place and importance of working hard and and resting well. Like, I don't think we rest very well as a culture. So uh, that's another side of this that I think is important for all of us to grapple with. Yeah, there's actually like a rest quiz at restquiz.com. You could like make a personal assessment of like seven different areas of rest. I'm just saying like, right, there's, there are, um, there are all kinds of ways that we can test how we're resting. And certainly when we talk about resting in the Lord and finding our rest in the Lord, we're not talking about total inactivity or passivity. We're talking about being a person of peace even in the midst of um, a lot of busyness and the business of the day. So we're going to continue our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. I want to give a little shout out here to uh, to David, 
David uh, is giving us a report, a, a Friday farm report from western Minnesota, where he says farmers are combining wheat. The harvest is three to four weeks later than normal. Um, and at our home, we received a foreign exchange student from Thailand last night. Well, that's so exciting. We're going to need to know more about that, David, uh, who it says on my uh, text line is from North Dakota, but apparently is from Western Minnesota. There you have it. All right. We're going to um, be right back in just a moment, and we're going to talk about pre-bunking. You've heard of debunking, um, and you've heard about bunking up, but what is pre-bunking? Yep, that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, appreciating um, all your feedback on the text line today. Remember, you can text me at 877-933-2484 in answer to the superpower question. Jim in Connecticut says, I want to be able to fly like a hummingbird. Then I could hover. I don't know what he wants to hover over. But he says, I would like to be able to trim all the dead branches out of my maple trees. (laughs) So there's a practical use of a potential superpower. We're talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Adam, we know what, um, uh, you know, like bunking up, like, right, in the, uh, when we go to camp, um, we know what debunking something is, but what is pre-bunking? What does this mean? You know, pre-bunking is a kind of a fun word that Google and some other people have come up with for equipping people to recognize misinformation before they encounter it. They've done some work on trying to identify what are the core similarities that often show up in essentially real fake news, uh, that which is, sounds like an oxymoron, but things that aren't true, uh, identifying emotionally charged language, um, thinking through personal attacks or false comparisons between two completely unrelated things. Um, back in the day, we would have another word for it. We would call it critical thinking, right? Um, mm. But we're all consuming so much information that sometimes we're moving fast and we don't stop to think critically. Uh, And so it's just a fancy term for actually thinking about what you're reading. Um, My 15 year old son loves the news. Uh, He is on all kinds of news sites and he'll often come to me with some news story and I'm like, okay, what is the source? Does this seem like a credible source? Um, is there anything that smells fishy about this story? Like, is it, is it some sensationalistic story? You know, if we answer yes to any of those things, we need to dig a little bit deeper and not just take it at face value. So again, there, there is a measure of common sense here. Um, but especially because we see so many of these things on social media and they can spread like wildfire, um, we can just read them and accept them and not ever think critically about them. And I think, I think this is a good 
attempt to spark critical thinking. <clears throat> I also think um, one person's false information or fake news is another person's actual news story. So that's a separate conversation. You know, what is your source of information and what's your worldview for parsing it? So um, that's important to think about too. Uh, and I think that gets woven into this conversation too. Okay, um, at PluggedIn.com, one of the things that uh, is available is actually like a YouTube um, channel review. And, you know, let me just confess to you that um, I do not spend a whole lot of time on YouTube, but other people spend a lot of time on YouTube. So can we talk a little bit about um, YouTube reviews, like right on on PluggedIn.com, um, how to make good use of those or what people would find there? And then sure. um, maybe you comment on this this story out of the Associated Press uh, that maybe YouTube is going to make it possible for us to watch four YouTube channels at one time. That that sounds <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> that does sound unnecessary. Well, let's start there. I mean, I think it gets at our hunger to be filled. As I think about my own media habits and my own consumption habits, whether that's you know looking at something on a screen, the food that I'm eating, um, you know, those are are the big ones. What I'm buying. Um, we are created to be filled. Um, Psalm 1611 says, you have filled me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. And I'm actually less concerned with eternal pleasures than I am the statement that God is the one who fills us. So when I see a story like being able to watch four YouTube channels at once, honestly, your brain can't do that. It's like watching, you know, those channels that enable you to watch eight football games at once. Um, your brain can't function on that. So maybe take, take a step back and ask, why would I even want to watch four YouTube channels at once? I think that's mm -hmm. a question worth pondering. Um, our YouTube reviews are an attempt to look at the most popular things on YouTube, uh, both in terms of influencers, in terms of channels that we know teens are watching, um, and positive stuff too. Um, we know for 12-year-old boys, YouTube is... Um, the primary screen and entertainment destination that they use. It's bigger than everything. So this is our attempt, <clears throat> like we do with movies, TV, video games, and books, to tell you here's what you can expect to find. Um, we will look at 10 to 20 videos on any given channel to try to get a representative sense. Obviously, if somebody has 10,000 videos, we're not going to watch all of those. Um, but we want to give you, um, yeah, you know, it's like if my kid says, uh, I'm watching PewDiePie. Well, who's PewDiePie? You can go to PluggedIn.com, and we have a review on his YouTube channel. Uh, so it's just an acknowledgement that this is an area that more and more kids are engaging with, uh, and we want to give you the resources you need to know what's going on there. All right. Uh, Lori says that um, she wants to be able to read minds as her superpower. Um, I got to say, I, I don't want that uh -uh. one at all. I got no, I don't want no, that one I at don't. all. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I already feel like I know enough about what people are thinking and most of it's yeah. not good. So, yeah. So, uh, Lori, you're alone in that. I'm just letting you know right now. That's that's not bad. But you're still um, valuable. No, no, totally. Right. And if you were reading our minds right now, you would know that we loved you. Um, 
uh, Reverend Castro says the NFL uses split screens for two preseason games at once. And he says it's really annoying. So, yeah, we I, I think that I like to focus on one thing at a time and give it my undivided attention. And people can probably tell when I'm trying to multitask because you can tell that I'm not as engaged. Right. I'm not. I'm not paying as close attention. Well, that's because my literally my my mind is divided. We're not supposed to be people of a divided heart or a divided mind, right? So, get it together, people. There you go, Adam. We um, we love talking with you. Thank you so much for what you do every day. Um, you guys can find um, the YouTube review page at focusonthefamiliespluggedin.com, as well as the reviews we talked about today and great blogs and well other fantastic uh, cultural commentary. So that's Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's take a break with Breakpoint. I'm going to be joyful. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to be joyful. All right. That's the best Breakpoint ever. Ever. That's the best. I, by, there's the best Breakpoint ever. Um, if you want to know more, if you want to connect um, with... Heart by Max, you can do so at Emily Colson's website, emilycolson.com. Um, yeah, that is my favorite breakpoint ever. So, um, Paul Perot, could you like bookmark that and just anytime we've got extra time, just re air that? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> See what I can do. That's so good. That's so encouraging and uplifting. And for people who, you know, have been, um, Following the Colson's story, you know, now for generations, this is just so precious and encouraging. I just love it. Um, all right. So when we talk about getting back to school and we talk about the ways that we can support teachers and students and administrators and how we can engage, we've talked about uh, praying for our schools. We've had the Moms in Prayer um, folks on. We're going to re-air that um, on Labor Day as well, for those of you who missed it. But we're going to talk next with Bill Collins and Charles Wolford of um, Urban Alternative, because we're going to talk about the Adopt a School initiative. Can your church adopt a school? The website is churchadoptaschool.org, and the conversation is up next. School day, school Bill Collins and Charles Wolford are joining us now from the Adopt a School initiative. You can find what we're talking about at churchadoptaschool.org. Bill and Charles, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. So, Bill, here's what I want. I want Bill to introduce us to Charles, and then, Charles, I want you to introduce us to Bill. Okay, uh, Pastor Charles Wolford is um, a great uh, pastor and uh, colleague and friend. Uh, we've been traveling the road in training uh, the Adopter School uh, ministry for the last uh, dozen years or so. Uh, pastor Wolford spent 10 years at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship as the pastor of outreach. He's the proud father of two sons and the husband of uh, a great lady, Diane. And uh, he is now the senior pastor at Cross Point Bible Fellowship in Duncanville, Texas. All right. Now, Charles, introduce us to Bill um, and, you know, tell us something about Bill that you've learned on the road in 12 years. Thank you so much. Um, 
Bill Collins is a mentor and friend. He served as the elder at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church, but is the vice president uh, at the Urban Alternative. And traveling with uh, Bill Collins for the last now 12 years, the things that I've learned about uh, Bill Collins is he is the best storyteller ever. Um, he is an amazing father, grandfather. Um, how many grandchildren are you up to now, Elder Collins? Like 29 or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're 23 plus now uh, a great grand. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> amazing father, grandfather. Uh, I am honored to serve with him uh, as my friend, friend and brother. I am, I am the better for him uh, in all regards. Mm. All right, Bill, we're going to let you tell us a story. Take us back um, 30 years to one principal in Dallas making a phone call to a local pastor, because that's really where this conversation starts. 36 years ago, Dr. Evans received a call from the principal then of Carter High School. Carter High School is the typical big city urban high school, and at the time, 1985, had all of the ills that we sometimes associate with big urban high schools. And he asked Dr. Evans whether or not Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, the church, could do anything to help. Uh, Dr. Evans responded in the affirmative and sent 12 men over to Carter High School to walk the halls to get to know the then children, uh, as well as the teachers and administrators. Uh, the result of that over the period of uh, the semester and the year resulted in less truancy, better grades, better behavior, a great reduction in gang activity and drug activity. And so Oakland Bible Fellowship started by adopting David W. Carter High School in 1985 and now has continued to adopt public schools over the last 36 years. I love so that. That's, and you guys, that's the yeah, story. and then you guys have scaled that. And so, um, um, Charles, tell us the next part of that story, because this one relationship between one church and one school, which then one church and several schools, is now scaled nationwide. Talk with us about um, church adopt a school as a, you know, as an opportunity for everyone. Sure. The, the opportunity is in, in America, when we look at the scale of need, every school uh, is asking us where what has happened to the church. For some reason, the church is believed uh, that they're not wanted or needed or that there are encumbrances with regards to going on that school campus. So the scalability here, uh, numerically, if we begin to look at the numbers, uh, are staggering. There are, for every church in America, there are 3.5 schools for every church in America. And so the question that's being begged is where what happened to the church? And so as we have looked at scaling that, uh, we are engaged in uh, having a partnership with communities, with superintendents, with principals, and we're challenging every church to have that very important question with themselves first and foremost, what has God placed in their hand for them to be able to serve the local school? In many instances, uh, the, the, if the church did, did an, an assessment of their resources, they would find that they have an army of individuals who can volunteer, to go and walk the halls, to be tutors, uh, to be uh, uh, playground monitors, to monitor the uh, lunchroom. And by and large, when they have that conversation with themselves and then reach out to that local superintendent, the principal, assistant principal coach, 
uh, nine times out of 10, that response when they ask, how may we serve you will be yes. And so the challenge that Dr. Evans has given to us and to the community and world at large is a legacy conversation is that we want every church in America to be challenged and charged to go and adopt a local school in their community. And when you think about it that way, I mean, I think that oftentimes um, we imagine that the question is going to be, you know, how much money can our church give uh, to solve um, some particular challenge? That's that's not at all what we're talking about. If if a church looked around and said, you know, we have people um, and when you talk about walking the halls or um, monitoring the lunchroom, I also think about like monitoring buses, like what it would it look like for people to just be, you know, riding the bus in the morning and the afternoon. Um, monitoring the playground, reading with students. Um, that's huge in the community where I live. Um, or after-school programs or after-school mentoring, a homework help. I mean, the list is really long, and um, and we don't want to get overwhelmed by how many opportunities there are. We want to say, what can we do? What is, what is first of all, what is the school saying it needs? Absolutely. <laughs> what, and that's what is the, the question that needs, yes. yeah. Yeah, one of the yeah. things that I use as a conversation, Carmen, is that we we sometimes as churches, I call it, we we don't scratch where they itch. We mm-hmm. sometimes do the same thing over and over again versus having that conversation with the principal. How can we serve you? What do you need the most? And meet that need. If it's picking up trash, we go through that. If it's walking mm-hmm. the halls, you do that. So meet them right at their point of need. I love that. Bill, talk with, a, talk with us a little bit about that. Maybe tell us a, a story um, something you've experienced over time. What happens when a church engages in this way and adopts a school? Well, bright and positive things happen. You mentioned reading, and reading at grade level is a big deal. Uh, we all know that if in America, if, if by the third grade you're not able to read, there are no longer dedicated reading courses. So we believe that tutors and mentors can help kids really learn to read at grade level. If a child does not read at grade level uh, at some point, there's a great percentage or chance that they're going to drop out of school. So reading at grade level in the primary years is a big thing, and we believe that churches can really help. There are a number of examples, as you mentioned, weekend food service. Uh, Are kids able to eat uh, over the weekend, and can the church do something about it? Uh, We find that while they're free and reduced breakfasts and lunches during the school uh, day, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, many of our uh, families are not able to provide food service for their own children. And so the church can do something about that. And so there are numerous things that can be of tremendous help um, if the church would would listen to uh, what the school is saying, specifically the principal. Uh, so we, uh, we asked pastors to go talk with principals of a school in your community and find out what that need is. As Pastor Wolford mentioned, uh, where do they itch? What is the need? How can the church help in providing for that? That's so good. Um, I want to um, know your story, um, Bill and Charles, each, each of you. How did you get involved in this? What, what was the attraction or what was the you know, personal experience in your past that and it sort of led you to say, okay, this is this is my thing. I, I am passionate about this, and I want to make a difference in, in this pressing in this particular direction. Well, um, my wife and I transitioned from Michigan to Fort Worth in the last part of my career with Xerox, and we joined Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship here in Dallas, Texas. 
And so we wanted to be a part of the ministry and, and work. And so I got to know Dr. Evans and he asked me a really important question. Uh, frankly, we were at a football game and he said, what are you gonna do when you retire? And I said, well, I'm gonna do some things that uh, will uh, enhance my situation financially. He said, well, why don't you come uh, work for the Urban Alternative and see, I've got a program here, the National Church Adopt School Initiative that needs some help. And so I began in 2006 doing that. And so the idea of, of, of helping uh, churches uh, help kids and families was so attractive to me. Uh, so I spent 34 years at Xerox and I had to ask the question at the end of that period of time, what have I really done to enhance anybody's life? And so this gave me an opportunity over the last 17 years now uh, to do that. Mm, so in a nutshell, I, I could talk on and on. I could talk on and on, <laughs> but I won't do that. We're going to get Charles's story, um, his backstory, um, and why he has a heart for churches adopting schools in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We're talking with Bill Collins and Charles Wolford about the um, Church Adopt a School program, which you can find at churchadoptaschool.org. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at myfaithradio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Up in the morning and out to school. All right, it is back to school season, so we thought, what better time to talk with Bill Collins and Charles Wolford about the Adopt a School initiative. It's a part of the Urban Alternative, which you know as the ministry of Dr. Tony Evans. Um, So, Charles, tell us your story. Um, Why do you have a heart for churches adopting schools? A large part has to do with my own uh, lived experiences going through school. Uh, I was raised in Dallas public schools and and some of the opportunities that were afforded to me by uh, individuals who saw something in me uh, as teachers and educators, but also um, uh, just uh, the older I've gotten, I became a big and big brothers and big sisters. Uh, My lived experiences really transitioned where I believed in the importance and the power of having a mentor in my own personal life and how it helped me. And I wanted to give something back. Uh, I serve as a bivocational pastor myself. And so I know a lot of the pastors are asking, how can I do this? Um, In my uh, other uh, hat, I am the CEO of Promise House, which is an emergency shelter in Dallas. And so uh, the wearing both hats, uh, my call to life has been to uh, work with individuals who by no fault of their own finding themselves uh, needing some assistance as it would be. And working for Dr. Tony Evans uh, for the 10 years that I did gave me an opportunity to directly impact uh, that mission uh, and that call that I've had in my life. And so I'm eternally grateful for that opportunity to do that. Talk with us a little bit about um, Promise House. I think people are... um, People are always amazed when a busy person is busy doing other things in addition to the thing that we are, you know, stepping aside to to learn about um, or focus on here on the show. And so, you know, I, I there's people listening right now who I, I guarantee you are like they're like slack jawed. They're like, OK, so how, how do you do all that? Um, how are you engaged in this adopt a school initiative? And then also, um, 
you know, running Promise House, this emergency shelter in Dallas. Talk with us about the needs you're seeing at Promise House and maybe um, for those of us who live in in cities or in suburbs of cities, what are some of the things that we should should be aware of that maybe we are not? Sure, thank you for the opportunity to do that. Promise House is the primary emergency shelter for children and youth in Dallas. And we are seeing more than ever before the need for individuals to step up because young people are experiencing more shelter insecurities, food insecurities. And we provide seven different locations where we have emergency shelter, transitional living homes for both young men and young women. We have two pregnant and parenting teen homes. And a large part of that has been because uh, one, parents have failed to act. They've abdicated their role of parenting and raising their children. That's why adopting schools are so important. When you look at the numbers, they're staggering where you have almost 13,000 districts in the in the country, 130,000 public schools. There's 350,000 uh, churches in America. So Promise House and other agencies, we need uh, those who call themselves disciples. When God called us, he said, go ye and make disciples. It's a duplication. It's a multiplication variable. So we have to go out and and change and challenge the world. And so that's why I've been called here at Promise House, as well as the work that I do in the National Church Adopted School, because the need is so great. The need is so great. Um, Bill, I want you to, you know, issue an invitation um, to those who maybe, you know, maybe they're at the end of their career. Maybe they have already retired. Um, There is an opportunity for people who are two generations or maybe now three generations um, away from children in schools to actually do what you have described, which is to spend the rest of their life enhancing the lives of others. Sure. Thank you. Um, We believe that every church in America ought to adopt a public school in their community. And it really does run on the volunteer efforts of saints throughout America who want to do something for the kingdom. And so we believe that this is a good work and that while we are able, those of us who are newly retired, I'm not one of those now, I'm older retired, but uh, when you retire after the Lord has blessed you with uh, long service and, and you're able, this is just a tremendous opportunity to get involved you will find that schools are not like they used to be. I personally went to school back in the 1950s and 60s in one of those infamous separate but equal school districts. But schools are not like they were. They are different. And there's such a tremendous need for uh, churches to be involved in every community, whether it be urban, suburban, or rural, no matter what the ethnicity of the congregation is, whether it's white, white, black, yellow, brown, or whatever. So we believe that it is a crucial uh, but opportunity to get involved, to get involved in young people's lives, to make a difference for both time and eternity. And so this, we believe this gives us that opportunity. So talk with us about what's involved. Um, When a church um, wants to adopt a school through the National um, Adopt-A-School Initiative, how do they do that? How do they get engaged? How do they get trained and equipped? Um, Either one of you can take this question, so somebody run with it. 
Well, let me take part one. Part one is we think every church ought to be involved in it. We think the senior pastor uh, makes an appointment to go see the principal of the school. And the question that the, that the pastor asked is, how can we be of service to you? And so during the training that we, we do, that's one of the first things I talk about. Getting involved relationally with the principal of the school in your, in your community and asking, how can we be of service to you? Now, in today's world, you can go online at TonyEvansTraining.org, Church Adopter School Training, and take the course online. Um, it is $19.99 a month. So if you can complete the course in the first month, it really would cost you $19.99. And so that's how you can get trained. You can call Pastor Wolford or myself at 1-800-800-3222, extension 210. And I'll be happy to walk you through any questions that you might have, any separation of church and state issues that you might think are true. Uh, anything that involves uh, the adoption of public schools. I might not know the answer, but I can call Pastor Wolford and he'll give me the answer and I'll, I'll let you know what that answer is. <laughs> I love that. Yes, Charles, you have something to add? Uh, just just the echoing of uh, Bill Collins is really the, the call to service is going to that principal and say, how, we may, how may we serve you? And that local school... Uh, would be so excited to see the army of God's people showing up to be crossing guards, uh, to be um, uh, hall monitors, to be mentors. So we would encourage them to go to the website at TonyEvans.org, look at the training classes that we've offered, or again, call Bill Collins or myself, and we would be more than happy to walk them through that process and to serve them in any way that we can so that they would get involved and they would see the joy of the Lord uh, as they begin to share on those um, on those school campuses and make the difference in the life of a young man or young girl um, who uh, needs someone to walk with them. All right, well, um, we're getting tons of great feedback on our text line this morning, gentlemen. So um, I want you to be encouraged. Um, people are appreciating what they're learning. They're appreciating having access to the resources. So again, the easiest uh, link here is TonyEvans.org. Um, I'm going to repeat the number in case you just want to give these guys a call. 800-800-3222, extension 210. Did I get that right? Yes. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Bill and Charles, thank you so very much. What a blessing to get to talk with you today. Thank you for all that you are doing um, in this National uh, Church Adopt-A-School initiative. We, we genuinely appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. This is a All right, I'm advocating um, the singing of old hymns this weekend. I'm advocating um, that you make a list of um, of hymns that are meaningful to you, and then you spend some time singing them. So I came up with like 20, but the two that I'm going to highlight here are It Is Well With My Soul and God Be With You Till We Meet Again. So I only have time really for the last one. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsels, guide uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Till we meet again. Till we meet again. Till we meet at Jesus' feet. Till we meet. Till we meet. God be with you. Till we meet again. Have a great weekend and God bless.
Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.